Hello, and welcome back to A Pinch of Honesty. I'm so confused by the new interface for the podcast that I use. Um, just now I tried to start up a recording, and it's got like a timer thing that rolls, and, you know, it's just completely not rolling. So I'm like, uh, recording, not recording? I have no idea. Um so there you go. That's the uh, craziness for today. Welcome. Welcome. It is Friday, February. Oh, good gravy. What is the date? The 19th today. Um, and it feels like a Monday. <laughs> it's a Friday and it feels like a Monday, which is completely bizarre uh, and a little bit off-putting, actually, because Fridays are meant for really enjoying. Um, my cat is now currently making out with... <laughs> the computer, and I can't tell if she turned off the podcast or not. So yeah, welcome to the mayhem that is the podcast room. Um, I took, we took our, our daughter to the dentist today, and there's something that uh, I vividly realized, like it's, it, it kind of was like, boosh. Um, so her dentist, who we have adored, retired, and so we had to find a new dentist. We took her to the new dentist. And they're all crazy chipper, like happy gas chipper, which is a little bit peculiar for me. Um, and, you know, I am wearing kind of a typical pandemic outfit for me when I'm not going into the office. So they're really comfortable Patagonia pants, you know, a top that's probably got too many holes in it, a flannel shirt. I, you know, I, I exude woman of the Pacific Northwest who needs a big style revamp because at this point we're spending so much time at home that I'm just not, you know, I'm not putting on jeans. I'm not putting on anything other than kind of this. I think I have these pants in three colors uh, and I love them. So, you know, I'm sitting there and, you know, they're cleaning my daughter's teeth. Doo -doo 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 -doo. And this lady walks in and she's got like six inch heels and leather pants. Okay. Now, it's no longer super icy out or super snowy, but when is it ever appropriate to wear leather pants to the dentist is what I'm thinking in my head, um, you know, for her kid. It's not for her, obviously. Um, and then I kind of had to check myself, right, and be like, look, like, you know, maybe for me, the pandemic is I go out in my pandemic clothes, which before the pandemic, I would never leave the house in these clothes except for to go to like the hardware store. Um, and maybe for other folks, the pandemic means they want to dress up, right? They want to put on other clothing uh, because they're just not wearing other clothing. And so um, I had to really check myself. Check, check right there, Christina. Yeah. Stop judging this lady for wearing her leather pants, skin tight leather pants to the dentist's office. Um the other thing that I'm realizing is that we are very quickly approaching one year of quarantine and one year of not seeing family and one year of not traveling. And, you know, cause for me, the last time I traveled was the first week in March, um, a year ago. Right. So we're really coming up on that one year. And what's, what's I'm struggling with is, is this the new norm? Right. It, the whole time I keep telling myself, like, it'll be over, it'll be over, it'll be over. But then I'm really grappling with, is this the new norm? Like, it's not just a, you know, a month, a, two weeks, five weeks, 10 weeks. You know, it's going to be 52 weeks. So is this the new norm? And that is like, ugh. <laughs> a bit gut-wrenchy, right? Um, I want to see my family. Um 
and I want to travel, right? So what we have decided is that we are going to do um, a travel proposal for the family. So my husband, my daughter, and I each get to pick a location and we get to research that location. And we are going to do a family presentation to decide where we are going to go when this is all over. And I can tell you right now where I want to go is Thailand. I've always wanted to go to Thailand. I love Thai food. Um, our daughter is a water beach baby. She's an Aquarius. So, you know, she, since the moment of birth has just wanted to be in water, you know, the idea of being somewhere where she can just swim in the ocean and they have pools and, you know, we can just enjoy really good food and relax. It's very tropical and very exotic. Um, that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to propose. My guess is, is that my husband's going to pick someplace where it's like, six hours a day of trekking, which, you know, for a nine-year-old child is probably going to be horrible, <laughs> but um, it's going to be a family decision. So uh, we're going to lay it all out. I think we're going to, you know, we're going to see who does the best presentation. I'm probably going to help my daughter do like a poster board or I don't know, maybe some PowerPoint slides or something. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, so those are my random bits of, it feels like a damn Monday and it's a Friday, which why, why, right? Um, so. I often, when I practice in the morning, when I practice my yoga in the morning and I meditate and I, and I work on kind of personal development, um, I will start off by dancing or shaking to music and, um, werewolves of London came on my headset, um, this morning and werewolves of London is a song for me that I have it on 45. Um, I kind of rated, when I was younger, whether or not I was going to date a guy by two things, whether or not A, they knew the song or B, they even liked the song. And um, there are a few people who I never even dated because they were like, oh, I hate this song or what is this? Um, and so I really like the song and it made me think that it's got a, a funny backstory to it. And um, there's lots of songs where they're just really interesting tidbits about the songs and they're songs that I listen to on a regular basis. And so today is going to be a march down historical, interesting factoids about songs that Christina loves. So um, the song began, uh, Where Was the London? That's the first one we're going to do by Warren Zevon. Um, began as a joke with Phil Everly from the Everly Brothers uh, in 1975, over two years before the recording session. Um, so basically... Um, he, it was like a joke, right? Like you can't make a song about werewolves. And he did. And it turned into, I do believe the number one song for Warren Zevon. Um, and I love it. I love everything about the song. So I thought that was, you know, <laughs> a good, a good tidbit on, um, song Friday. I don't know. Should we have song Friday? Should it be a thing? I don't know. Um, next up on my playlist, you know, as I'm, I'm moving through my morning is, um, Budapest. Um, and it's by, um, God, what's the guy's name? George Ezra. And, um, I had seen something where he said, you know, he was going on this European tour and he went out to partying, got drunk and missed the train to Budapest. And so he came up with the song having never been there, right? Like there were all these other songs where there were places he had been, but Budapest, he actually hadn't even been to. And he wrote it. It was kind of like his breakout single. And so, you know, it's like, whoa, right? You don't even, you don't even go. And yet you're going to write this entire song about Budapest as a kind of like uh, a nod to it, right? A, oops, sorry, didn't make it there, um, which is just hilarious. If you are not aware of this, um, I really think you should be. So if you haven't watched the cartoon Kubo, um, 
it is, it's fantastic. You know, we love it. We absolutely love it. And it has a version of, um, while my guitar gently weeps, that's done by, um, oh, good gravy. What is her name? Um, uh, I'll think of it. I'll think of it, but it's, it's not done by somebody who's a, a standard singer. It's done by like a more folk singer anyways. Um, and you know, we love the song in our house. And, um, I remember this from when I was a kid, my father brought it up with me and I never believed it. And so I looked it up today because I never actually believed it. Um, so even though on the actual album for the Beatles, um, while my guitar gently weeps, Eric Clapton is not credited, um, anywhere, but he played lead guitar on the song that's on the album. Uh, and he and uh, George Harrison were really good friends and George convinced him to come to the studio, but he was super worried that the Beatles um, wouldn't want him there, like would be pissed, right? Um, and so he, he's on there, but um, it, it his name doesn't show up anywhere, right? So um, when Eric Clapton actually goes through to play that song, which I've heard Eric Clapton play while my guitar gently weeps, um, you know, he, he played it on, on the original Beatles album. So love it, love it. Um, so for folks who don't know me and you're just kind of randomly listening to this podcast, one of the nicknames that I got, um, in undergrad was rocket girl. And I got the name because of a couple things that kind of culminated. So I worked at a coffee bar in the science building at the university I went to. And I also was a TA. And so I'd have, you know, students who would come by and they would ask questions, you know, while I was at the coffee bar to try to help them with um, some of their lab work. And um, I always had, so I never watched TV. I had super long, straight blonde hair. Everyone always called me Phoebe. Um, I wore patchouli, right? So I was kind of, I had that like hippie thing going on. And um, I was the only female physics major, you know, there. And, um, I always had a stereo that would play because I function better with music, just even playing in the background. And the song rocket man was playing when one of the students came by and he was like, you know, he's like, you're just kind of like a rocket girl and it stuck. It, it weirdly stuck. Right. And so, um, I've had people call me rocket, um, rocket girl. Um, and when, um, our daughter was born and she was born premature, she was in the NICU, um, for a handful of weeks and we would kind of cuddle her and sing to her and rocket man has always been one of my favorite songs and so you know and i know all the lyrics and so i would sing it to her and i decided to actually look up um, the history behind the song and um so it came out in 1972 and space exploration you know was huge in 72 right um and so um bernie Toppin um had read a short story called the rocket man which was written by ray bradbury and the interesting thing about that, right, is that where I live um, in Los Alamos, we actually have the Bradbury Science Museum, right? And so I was like, oh, how interesting is that? Um, and so the science, the 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 story, Rocket Man, um, it's a perspective of a child whose um, astronaut father has kind of mixed feelings about leaving. And so that's the basis for the song, Rocket Man. And, um, and so it's, it's, really, I don't know, it, it makes me feel almost like I'm in the right place, in the right location. And even way back then, even when I was an undergrad, like I kind of was intended to be here, right? I was intended to be Rocket Girl. Um, and so it makes me, it makes me love the song, you know, even more. 
so there's a handful of songs that we would we would sing repeatedly to our daughter in the NICU. And so Rocket Man was one of them. Um, I would often sing uh, Take a Walk on the Wild Side, right? Um, or um, Lola. And it turns out that I never actually, you know, in, until you sing them very slow and almost whispery because you're kind of in a NICU, you don't actually really pay attention to the lyrics for those songs. And I've always been a huge Lou Reed and Velvet Underground fan. And, um, you know, never really, you know, take a walk on the wild side. I just, I love do, 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 do. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that I really love about the song. And I didn't really pay attention to the fact that it was about um, a crossdresser um, who comes to New York, right? As um, Becomes a prostitute. So I'm singing this song to my child, right? And then, of course, the other song is Lola, <laughs> which um, is about a guy who, you know, meets a girl in a bar, right? And the girl's actually a guy. And, um and so, you know, the kind of the running joke is that, you know, um, the songs that we introduce our child to are, you know, kind of about um, gender, I guess, questioning gender, right? Or, you know, just kind of not the norms, especially for when the songs came out um, and lumped in there, right? Like when we're, when we're dancing in the kitchen is um, Sweet Transvestite from Rocky Horror Picture Show. And so, you know, those songs kind of get played back to back to back. Like we'll go Rocket Man. Because, you know, it, it brings up all these nostalgic feelings for us. And then it goes to, to Lola, you know, it goes to Walk on the Wild Side. And then it goes to Sweet Transvestite. And um, our child has never actually really noticed even what the songs are about. But, you know, as you're, as you're, as they're getting played, you're like, you know, <laughs> it's, it, you know, there's songs I know all the, the words to, but I never really like click, 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 you know, they just, they didn't, they didn't all fall together. So... Um, all right. One of my all time favorite songs. Um, yeah, and you can hear me. I, I printed out like this long thing about all these songs, um, um, is Ain't No Sunshine, right? So, um, Billy Withers who passed away, I want to say this past year. Um, I just, the song is so soulful and it really, really is one that just comes on and I just want to close my eyes and sway every time I hear it. And, um, when he passed, I had read this article about him, which um, I was like, whoa. Um, and so the picture of him standing on, on the cover of that album um, is him at the factory where he worked. And he made toilet seats for airplanes, right? And so I'm like, that's just, it's crazy, right? That's insane that that's, you know, kind of the picture. And it's a fantastic picture of him. Um, and um, he got the song. He was watching a, um, a movie called Days of Wine and Roses from 1962. Um, and it was about alcoholics. And, um, and so it's, it's about, you know, missing something that isn't even particularly good for you. And, um, and so it's, it's actually much deeper than I kind of even gave it, you know, credit for. Um, and, uh, and anyway, so, so that's Ain't No Sunshine, um, and exactly where that came from. So from Ain't No Sunshine, um, we're moving on to the Commodores. So I constantly forget that Lionel Richie was in the Commodores. I don't know why I, it's like the Commodores are completely separate to me from Lionel Richie and maybe Lionel Richie to me is all eighties and clay, you know, from his videos. Um, and the Commodores are, you know, pre that, I don't, I don't know. Um, but, um, you know, the song, um, brick house. So that song, you know, it comes on, we dance, we sing, we love it. Um, 
in particular, you know, I've always really loved the song as being somebody who has wider hips, right? So when they're singing the measurements, it's like, yeah, speaking to me, you're speaking to me. And um, I had heard at one point in time about where the song had come from. And so I looked it up today to double check, right, to verify. Um, so they needed another song. And um, so William King was sent home to write the song and um, he fell asleep trying to think of something. And when he woke up, um, there was a pad of paper on his chest with the lyrics written down. Um, and so his wife, Shirley Hannah King, uh, was a songwriter and she's actually the one who wrote it. And so to me anyways, it's like, you know, not only do I love the song, I love the beat of the song. I love the lyrics of the song. Um, the fact that a woman wrote it, I'm like, hell yeah. You know, just, yeah, I'm really, really into it. So um, there's, of course, always that outstanding song of um, Carly Simon's, right, You're So Vain. Every time that song comes on, you know, it leaves the lingering question in my mind exactly who is it written about. Um, and, you know, I've read all these things, right, that it's written about Chris Christopherson or Warren Beatty or Cat Stevens or Mick Jagger or, you know, some combination of all the guys she dated. Um, and so... More than likely, it probably is something like that. Um, but I really would like it just answered, right? Like, is it a single individual? Um, because every time I hear that song, I think, you know, burn, big burn, buddy, right? Like, it, it is such a fantastic song, and she really nailed you. Um, yeah. So um, the next two songs I have on here uh, really – so – Reservoir Dogs came out, right? So if you're a Quentin Tarantino fan, Reservoir Dogs came out. And um, in that movie, he really pulled back in a lot of 70s music. And um, there's songs that, you know, I grew up listening to, you know, I was still listening to, um, but I think it made them kind of uh, overall more popular because of Reservoir Dogs. But in particular, Stuck in the Middle with You um, is one of the songs where, um, again, it was kind of meant not as a joke, but as a parody, right? So it was actually meant um, as, a, a, as a kind of um, parody of a Bob Dylan's song. And um, so when they say, you know, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am stuck in the middle with you, it really was kind of a, a poke and prod also the music industry. And um, and yet, it, you know, it was it was super, super popular. Now, the other song from that move from the movie, which, again, is kind of out sort of around the same time frame is a uh, little green bag by George Bayer's selection, which I don't know that they ever actually had another song that was ever popular. And um, it turns out that um, as I try to reiterate to my child every day during school, spelling matters. So the song is actually called Little Green Back, and it's about money. But because they misprinted it, they wrote Little Green Bag. And so the song is actually called Little Green Bag. It was never fixed. Um, but it's about Little Green Back. It's about money. And it actually was last year's ski song for me, right? Like I would listen to it on the way up to the ski hill and I kind of would sing it the entire time I'd be skiing. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those super catchy songs for me. So uh, go check it out if you've never listened to it. I'm sure if you clicked it to play it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I've heard this a million times. A million times. Um, so I think this is actually, of course, you know, it's not like I actually like labeled any of these things. I think actually this is the last song. And, um, I should also point out, I want to say, I think all of these, I actually own on vinyl of some sort. Um, and you know, like werewolves of London, I have on 45, but, um, this song I have the entire album of, and so it's Randy Newman's short people. 
And um, until today, if you had asked me, I would have said that it was really um, being just kind of rude towards short people. And in particular, you know, some of the lines where it's like nasty little feet and stubby little fingers and dirty little minds. Um, I thought he was poking fun at short people, to be honest. Um, so I went to go look it up today. And um, it says that it is like one of the most widely misinterpreted songs. And um, it caused a lot of um, controversy, even when it came out. There were a lot of radio stations that wouldn't even play it because they did believe that he was poking fun at uh, height challenged, vertically challenged folks. Um, but that's actually not what he was talking about. Um, so he actually was talking about, um, figurative sense. So people who are short tempered, short, um, small minded. Um, and so not, not short in the stature sense. Um, and, you know, according to him, the line, he, you know, he'd said, look, you know, like if you'd actually listened to the song, you'd know this short people are just the same as you and I, all men are brothers until the day they die. And so, you know, his point was, um, actually that you shouldn't be small-minded, right? That we are all, um, humans together. And so it really kind of changed the whole tune, like the whole feel of the song. Um, and so I went out and pulled out the vinyl. So I'm going to sit and I think re-listen to the entire album. Um, but up until today, I would have sworn it was about actually like short people. <laughs> I mean, the title is short people. Um, so there you go. That is in a short rundown kind of, um, musical, uh, history for songs that get repeated pretty often in our house, um, with or without kind of our consent, right? So often we'll turn on like a Alexa and just kind of let it roll with sort of what it thinks we're going to want to listen to. And those are the types of things that, that pop up. Uh, quite a few of them are, well, I would actually say, I think all of these songs I just covered are probably from the seventies. I'm trying to take a look at the list here, which is hilarious, right? Um, maybe, maybe I should do like a, like a more modern, I guess Budapest is a modern song. Um, but maybe I should do some type of more modern, um, songs so that you can maybe enjoy a little bit of music. Um, I wouldn't even know if I'd call it history. It's kind of just background of songs, right? Um, when I was young, you know, we of course always had eight tracks and then records and, you know, then of course, um, cassette tapes. As a matter of fact, actually, when, we, when my father drove me from Alaska to Seattle, we actually had one cassette tape in the, in the vehicle, and it was a Van Morrison tape that we just listened to kind of on repeat because there wasn't a lot of radio stations. Um, and, you know, I remember my father having like an entire collection of like Liberace on cassette tape, which, you know, looking back at it, it's like, oh, who is ever going to take these things off the shelf and be like, yes, I need to listen to like 900 hours of Liberace straight, you know, not me. Um, but because of that, you know, I actually have, you know, massive vinyl collection, which I've always kept. And, you know, I still have a lot of like the original Disney records that I had growing up where they're like stories, you know, they have the music along with them. And um, the Jungle Book to this day is still one of my favorites. It comes on and, and we crank it and dance and um, sing along to all the songs, listen to the story. I just, I love it. And um, I, I actually don't think, to me anyways, I can really ever make the Jungle Book and make it something as great as the original, um, especially musically speaking, right? So it just, it, it is, it is, you know, quintessential in our house. 
Um, and when our daughter was little, every night for dinner, she got to pick out the record. But it turns out that she went through like a huge Pink Floyd phase where it was like every time we turned around, she was grabbing a Pink Floyd album to put on. And you kind of get tired of listening to Pink Floyd for dinner. So we kind of stopped that tradition. So maybe we'll have to we'll have to get back to it now that she's a bit bigger. Who knows what she'll pick. Um, she picked an album, which was like a French album, which I don't even remember ever getting. That was like the Little Prince. The music was not enjoyable at all. And I don't even know why I own the record. Um, it could be that somebody gave it to me at some point in time. Um, and so she hasn't really been able to pick records ever since then. I've kind of cut her off because I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear this. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll see if we can reinstantiate some of the um, musical evenings around our house. Um, so I hope that there are some songs in here that tickle your interest or there's songs that you've loved forever, um, that I gave you a bit of history on, um, or that I just flat out entertained you, you know, for the past handful of minutes. So, um, if you're out there and you need to go to the dentist, I highly recommend skin tight leather pants, some six inch heels, and I would crank, um, little green bag. I would just crank it drive to the dentist's office. Trust me, you'll feel infinitely better. So I want to thank you for turning in and um, I'll be back on, you know, who knows, a day or two when I've got something to cover and um, I'm sending you love and hugs and I appreciate every single one of you. See you on the flip side.